Some of our programming may not be suitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Hey, K2UH listeners. This is Quark Talk. I'm Crystal, and I'm here with someone who has a really fabulous um, topic for us today. Um, first of all, I wanted to say that October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, so it's actually very, very relevant. Um, and my guest today is someone who speaks to promoting sexual wellness and as a graduate certificate program studies in the women's studies department um, here at UH, uh, Koharu is also an independent film artist with a BA in documentary and experimental filmmaking with a special focus on race, gender, and Japanese cultural studies. So Koharu has a background, a very international multicultural um, backdrop to embracing what she's learning here at UH. And I've met her in my women's studies class. And so I'm very happy to discuss sexual wellness with uh, Koharu. So Koharu, welcome to our show. Thank you. I'm really honored to be here. <laughs> you know, it's just, um, this is very important. And I think just to do a disclaimer, we are talking about sexual toys. And, um, and some people who out there might feel that this is inappropriate for people around them listening. Um, please be a little careful about that. Uh, but we are discussing something that we think are very important and healthy. The idea of sexual wellness is something so under discussed because sexuality all over the world, I realize, is very still taboo. I mean, it is such a um, divided topic. And Koharu, I think let's start with talking about your um, maybe if you don't mind sharing a little bit about your understanding of your sexuality, how you came about finding that this concept, this issue, this topic of sexual wellness is so important to you and why we need to be talking about that today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, if I really go into the, the origin story, I, I grew up in Japan where sexual education is also very, very lacking. And um, I, when I was in high school, I had an experience of um, sexual assault, sexual violence. And I had no one to really talk to about that because I had no understanding of what was wrong or what I definitely internalized it. I blamed myself. And sex became this really dark, it was already a really dark taboo thing within the culture, but I, I just carried so much shame around it. And so I didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to talk about it. And I actually ended up leaving um, my, the country because I felt really suffocated by mm. the trauma and so as a little 16 year old I ended up leaving everything my my friends in high school and my family um, to move to middle of nowhere in eastern Washington state to hope that I would find something some sort of healing some some way and um, so that was kind of a big Thing. And I didn't even process that that was really why I was, I was running away from something. I was, I was internalized some sort of harm. And um, so I, after a while in, in high school, I realized, oh, what happened wasn't consensual. What happened was traumatic. What happened was not okay. And why aren't people like talking about what 
how to like how to give consent how to listen ask for consent why is it such a you know taboo conversation when you know sex is naturally going to happen to, um to some people and and it's it's um i i wondered a lot about that and so actually in high school i organized um a consent education week as kind of my that's great yeah, project. And I, that's kind of how I really got into the line of work of sexual wellness and sexual healing in a lot of ways. And um, I, when I got into college, I really started diving into looking into sex toys as a way of healing from trauma and getting to know your body and getting to know your boundaries. And also being more open about these things just is a really liberating thing. Yeah, know. to even just discuss this is, mm-hmm. is liberating and healthy. Um, I was just wanted to back up a little bit. When you had this experience, if you don't mind um, going there again, did, did you share this with your parents at the time? And how did they respond to it? Yeah, <laughs> I did. Well, I didn't have the words for it. I this is kind of tricky. This is also kind of the, the conversation is um, rumors started about things and that people didn't realize it wasn't a consensual thing and little, you know, high school gossips happened. And is this a local school, like an international school? or Yeah, it was an international school. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And people assumed that it was something else when it really wasn't. And it, the, the thing got out to my brother who also went to the same high school as me he didn't have a sense he didn't have the same page of understanding he just thought that I was you know being a slut or I was being you know he had a very bad understanding of it so I didn't open up to my my I honestly could only talk to my mom about this you know having a older Japanese father it's Mm. it's hard to have those conversations you know and I don't think he might know something after all these years. Um, but I still do, am not, you know, Asian families, it's like a tricky place. I don't really talk to him about these things still. So, wow. so yeah, so my mom found out, but then she didn't find out from me personally of my own experience from it. So it was a really hard conversation to have over and over again when I didn't want to talk about it. And then, you know, so, uh, there was that. Yeah. 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 And, and it just goes to show that, you know, sexual trauma can come in so many different levels and scales. And there's mm-hmm. so much that kind of gets suppressed over so many years that you don't know when it kind of surfaces and why certain things are maybe possibly connected to that. And and for your recognize your line of work or interest in in embracing um, sexual healing through the advocacy of, you know, healthy um, ways of exploring the body, you know, the way it's connected to that past is, is really important for people Definitely. to kind of hear. Um, yeah. Really, when the closest people to me, I, I didn't have the words to say that it wasn't something that I wanted, it wasn't consensual. Um, when, you know, I, I was yeah, I was in high school, but I was at a party and I was intoxicated and I didn't know what was right and what was wrong. It was those blurry lines, you know? And um, I, so when the people closest to me, I like, I couldn't even talk to them about it. And it was, sex is such an uncomfortable conversation, especially with your parents. Yeah. Um, uh, 
I just didn't have the words and I really internalized that pain. And so I think that's really why, you know, I know if I was open with them, they would have been as supportive. And now, now that I am, they, they are. Um, but I just kind of ran away from, from that really. And it, it became, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very sensitive um, topic that's going to be carried with you for the rest of your life in a way. I mean, right. right? Definitely. I mean, this is your body. Every time you embrace your body, you know, it's hard to kind of detach the past. So, you know, speaking of the body, because of this process of yours and maybe people who are listening who've had similar experiences, um, how, how do you, how do you transfer how do you, how does, how does sexual trauma transfer and morph into sexual healing? You know, what is that process for you? Mm -hmm. It has definitely taken a lot of time. It took me years to realize what happened wasn't okay. Even though I realized from the very beginning, it wasn't something I ever wanted. It, it took me years to forgive myself that there was a lot of anger towards myself somehow. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of therapy and yeah. conversations and um, opening up to really close people around you and that this is this has happened and this is why I'm acting this way when it comes to this topic or, um, but I really found true healing within my, my body and my myself and pursuing next relationships and whatnot through well one if I had if I was in a partnership with anyone having those conversations with them hey these are my triggers like I have noticed and I'm still going to uncover these things these are these are this is these are things that have happened to me that I want to be open about and I want you to know that I trust you but like I'm going to need to have constant verbal communications um and then two was really working through it on my own it's not just you can't just rely on someone else to like heal your bad experience with this one topic of sex you know you have it's really about yourself your own relationship with it so i got into researching sexual wellness sex toys like having these open dialogues and exploring all sorts of different stuff and finding out this is what i like this is what i don't like this is things that reminds me of bad things and these are things that i can completely separate um from my sex sexual experiences so mm -hmm. that's kind of how I got into healing the body as a whole and also conversations around consent with people through workshops or you know also talking to people you know it's really upsetting but I majority of my friends most of the people I know like have had these kind of bad encounters yeah. like it's more common than we realize. Horrifying yeah. how much it happens. Yeah. Um, the fact that it's an uncommon, it's assumed to be that it's not that common, but it's very, very common and that people aren't allowed to talk about it. You know, that's that that's just ridiculous. So I just wanted to point out too that because in light of this domestic violence awareness month that the University of Hawaii is doing a series of um, I think events. If we if you look on the UH calendar, there's a list of um, workshops or speaker events or um, 
informational kind of webinars or some things like that that are offered this month for people to check out. And I think that's important because even if we don't think it's in our lives, it's in maybe a friend's life or somebody. And it's it's really um, healthy for us to kind of reach out and try to educate ourselves on, on this process. So I, I appreciate you sharing your personal experience. But moving on to the idea of sex toys, because this is where um, people don't see sex toys as being a form of sexual healing. There's still that stigma that sex toys is for somebody, you know, these kind of like, oh, these salacious people who are just trying to do all these things to their bodies that are so unnatural. And mm -hmm. does it imply that you don't have enough fulfillment naturally that you need to find accessories to, mm -hmm. you know, create pleasure. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, first of all, you know, kind of the preconceptions of, of sex toys in general. Yeah, you know, it's re <laughs> it's really funny how sex is just presumed that when the the person with the penis uh comes, then that's it, that's done. When there's so much else to sex, you know. Yeah. And um and that it's also assumed that masturbation is okay when they have a penis, but when when it's involving a vagina, then it is dirty it's wrong it's like it's just they don't but it's like it's so that's that's not true um it's Can a I just very very natural thing yeah but yeah. the cultural element to it like speaking of asian because you grew up in japan i lived in hong kong for a long time um the the lack of awareness of a woman's body and how to seek pleasure is just so non-existent in many forms i mean there are maybe obviously some places but in a general sense, I think a lot of people don't really maximize their awareness of how to seek pleasure and why it's important and healthy yeah. to access yeah. that. They think it's like really perverted or something, but when in reality, like why does a man get to do this? And yeah. when, when, you know, women or people with femme bodies, like when they try to embrace that, it's, it's wrong and it's disgusting and it's you shouldn't be this way. And that's, that's comes with, you know, the misogynistic idea that a woman's body is, is supposed to be a virgin and that it's not supposed to have, you know, the moment that, you know, the, the female body or the femme body is like embraced it, it, so many people get so mad. You, know? you think it's a threat to their masculinity? Like it's I like think so. a I woman's mean, that's power. A conversation. If a sex toy comes into play when when people are having sex, they think it's really threatening, or that <laughs> it's you know just telling them that you suck at this. Like let's <laughs> get the other you know right. thing in charge. But like no, it should be it should be like an honor to have that because this person wants to experience the full pleasure of you know sex with you it's not that you know it's a very um it should be an honor you should be like collaborating with the sex toys and not being like completely rejecting it that's an interesting way to put it and and but i just want to flip and then the other side is that a lot of people often feel like it's only the main purpose of sex toys is for uh people who are deprived of of sex it's the one thing that you can you know use to to seek pleasure so i mean that's draws that's the huge part of the market right or do you right. think that it's really i mean is there a study on what type of people choose to buy sex toys and use them like are they kind of heterosexual 
normal committed couples? Are they singles? Are they, you know, what, what are the stats? I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure there are studies. I don't specifically know the statistics, but I definitely know, um, that, I mean, every, I mean, everyone, any, and everyone in any age group, any background, any, whether you're single or you're partnered, you're married, like deserve to have things in their life that, you know, brings happiness into their bedrooms, you know, but um, I definitely think, I mean, from what I'm working with, like younger demographics are more open, you know, Gen Z millennials are more open about these conversations. And so partners getting into toys is like a very big thing. Um, I think, uh, yeah, it's great because I go on TikTok and I see people, you know, talking about these things. And so I think it's it's more open and honest in the dialogue of like younger you know generations but um you know I wish it was with with older generations (laughs) well there's that Netflix series with Jane Fonda and uh Lily Tomlin and you know creating sex toys for older women I think that's I love it yeah my mom you know arthritis yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) lubrication man we're talking lubrication here um so let's take a quick break and now that we've kind of enticed people to be curious about what sex toys really are about and you know as a form of sexual healing and and a form of kind of self-empowering and enjoying and celebrating the body and sexual pleasures we're gonna um come back and koharu here with us is gonna share um some sex toys and let's learn a little bit about how to uh pleasure our bodies we'll be back soon i'm back here with koharu yonobayashi who is a uh, study in the women's studies department, getting her grad certificate. And uh, if you were just tuning in now, Kuharu and I are just kind of stirring up that conversation of sexual wellness and healing and how sex toys can help offer this form of, um, of healing and why sexual pleasure is still such a taboo and how we should really kind of embrace this topic and, and to understand our bodies a little bit more and to um, be a more, I guess, open-minded and, and understanding of how things work and how sex toys comes into play, literally. <laughs> so Koharu, um, I understand you have several sex toys and people who are listening on radio now may not be able to see this, but I am doing this uh, Zoom interview with her so I can see the sex toys. But what Mm -hmm. we'll do is I will post it on our K2H Facebook page and maybe have links there. So if you need access to understanding more about these things, please go there. And maybe Koharu, you can also um, suggest where they people can uh, contact you for more information. Okay. Yeah. What's our first item of the day? (laughs) Well, I first actually want to talk a little bit about kind of the differences between, you know, people just assume vibrator is a vibrator, but no, there's so many different kinds of sex toys out out there. There are internal vibrators, there's external vibrators or sex toys. Um, And so, and as well as something that's buzzy and something that's rumbly instead. Buzzy or fuzzy? buzzy Buzzy (laughs) or rumbly and so there's all these like little different things that you kind of want to know and it really depends on each person's body and what's best for them so internal is more you know g-spot related etc external is clitoral um so most uh a lot of the vibrators out there are external 
but there's also a lot of great internal ones. And um, uh, for How example- How have the sex toys changed in the last years? Because I did an interview of sex toys in my radio show back in Hong Kong, and that was like, who you know, a good uh, few years ago. And at that time, they were the so-called up-to-date products were mostly these funny-looking things called the rabbit. I'm not sure if you have oh, yeah. that, um, where it has two parts to it. Um, mm-hmm. And so I get confused with how things right. work. Rabbit's <laughs> one of those ah. great things that does both of external and internal and that's why it's been very very popular okay um so yeah i would say you know the sex tech industry um is definitely a very complicated place a lot of sex store companies are finally like trying to be more like women and femme and non-binary led um that is more inclusive of all sorts of bodies and identities and sexualities but, you know, I feel like it first started off as like really like kind of in correlation with I feel like more funding probably goes towards male pleasure related stuff than, huh. you know, right. products for vaginas. And so that's been kind of sad. So I don't know if, if things have change too much but like you know these days there's a lot of like wireless like you can like you know adjust things from your phone there's um a lot of things are waterproof there there's so much there's so many varieties that you can explore so I think it has definitely come a long way but you know so vibrator is obviously a more kind of common category right Mm -hmm. Yeah, and today I'll talk to you okay. about all sorts of different right. vibrators. So both internal, external. Unfortunately, okay. I don't have a rabbit that does both of those things because those are definitely very popular. Um, but yeah, so like buzzy vibrators are more gentle and the rumbly vibrators are like a more deep vibration. And so before I go into showing you products, I can just like talk about those things. And I also want to note that like, if you are interested in getting your first sex toy, like it's, um, uh, well, one, always lube is like nothing ever to be ashamed of. It's an incredible product that people should always have with them. Um, you know, it's, it's great. Um, and it goes well with, especially water-based lube is what I would recommend going with sex toys because it's natural, it's safe for your body, it doesn't get sticky everywhere, but there's also so many different kinds of lube, like oil-based lube, silicone-based, and it depends on how it works with condoms or silicone-based toys or glass-based toys. There's so many different kinds of products out there, so yeah. All right. Um, But yeah, I guess I could start off with like a classic, um, classic toy. I think a great place to start if you were to be interested in any products. Um, Something that I've been loving for a long time. It's this like bending, uh, flexible internal vibrator. And this one's designed, I actually have two different colors here, but it's designed to be able to um, ideally suited for the G-spot as well as clitoral and overall external stimulation. Um, so it's, this one's actually kind of like what we mentioned earlier. It kind of does both, it vibrates on both ends. And so it comes in this very, you know, 
So is there a different um, size on each end or are they kind of similar? I can't really tell. This end is a little bit bigger, yeah. And and this end actually has kind of the on and off buttons and it comes in 10 different speeds and patterns. So, you know, depending on what is best suited for your body, it's it comes with like buzzy vibrations. So like more of a uh, buzzy and actually rumbly. I think it has more of a diverse. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, so these so are actually- gets really in, I'm just curious how, so that gets inserted on either end. You can choose. Yeah. Depending either on end. If you are more someone more prefer like external stimulation, like clitoral stimulation, then I think on the outer side, you can just hold it like this. But if if you are someone who prefers more like G-spot related pleasure, then you can also insert this into it. You can fold it. So oh, wow, very yeah. bendy. Yeah. Very bendy. And, and is yeah. there a battery inside it? How does that work? It comes with the charger. So there's this little plug-in. Oh, okay. So it comes with a charger, it um, charges quickly, it um, lasts for a while, and um, yeah. Nice colors. What's this one called? This one's called the Bender, and um, it's, yeah, it's flexible. It's also very quiet, which is if you are um, a college student currently (laughs) or, or, you know, but still living at home, but you don't want to like, you know. <laughs> Wait, are some vibrators really noisy? Some vibrators are, unfortunately. I feel <laughs> like I can, if we want to talk about noisy vibrators. Yeah. <laughs> why why um, do they make them noisy? Do people like that? Or is it just the way that- No, it's are? just something like the more powerful it is, I the see. more it has a buzz to it. And okay. you, know, you can be like, if you don't have roommates or, you know, someone living next to you, then- <laughs> that's great. But if you do, it's not something that you prefer. And, you know, especially for college students, you know, I I know you can have roommates. (laughs) So, so a more noisier one is this one called, this one is called Ollie, but it's basically an external wand vibrator. So this type is a, um, called a wand. And, um, there's also a lot of other lines like the Hitachi one is a very product, uh, very popular product. Wait, can I just um, um, interrupt you for a sec? That looks really huge. It looks like it a looks microphone. Really it's like our yeah, it is microphone. like a microphone. I can like talk like this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but and does this that come in different actually, sizes? Because it's so huge looking. Yeah, usually you know more compact, but this one is like a powerful go-to that has been like the top of you know, it looks intimidating, but it has been a top of kind of like, so I would say if you, if it's your first time going into sex toys, this would be kind of like not the very first option because it <laughs> okay. might be super intense. Right. Um, but yeah, what's great about this is it's very powerful, It, but it's, it's louder. It's still quiet, but like it's, it's louder than the other. Can products. you like turn it on now? So we have a sense of the sound or are you yeah. doing batteries in it? This one, I don't know. I don't have it charged right now. So it's something, yeah. So there's a little charger port. Uh-huh. Um, it's a hundred percent waterproofed and it's covered in um, medical grade silicone. That's something that if you're looking for a sex toy, medical grade silicone is like what I would hundred percent recommend. There's also glass products, which is also fun, but um, wow. if it's something that, you know, you're looking for it to, to vibrate, then yeah. But that's for external or internal? 
this is for external. Okay, I was going to say, that's um, kind of looking big for... <laughs> it's looking big for an internal, yeah. <laughs> okay. um, it uh, features eight speeds and patterns, and there's many other ones that have all different kinds of patterns and speeds. So, okay. uh, yeah, this is great for if you're looking for a very powerful... Can external. I just ask a quick question on, you know, I, I, I think, you know, to be inclusive is all... Um, including non-binary um, partners, would they also access toys like this? Are there different types for specifically, you know, homosexual activity or, you know, are they, are they really made differently or? Yeah, um, well, there's definitely, you know, sex toys are for everyone. It doesn't okay. necessarily have to be, um, I currently don't have this on hand, but there's also a thing called uh, a shimmy like a lot of what I've shown you so far is like great for people who have um vaginas right but um and just because you don't identify either as a woman or a femme doesn't mean that you don't have a vagina you know so it's um uh but there are these blurry areas right so let's just say if you have a trans body mm -hmm. um you kind of have in between maybe you have a, a a small penis but you don't really use it Mm -hmm. um, and you want to recognize your body and as as a female and you want to have the pleasures that are similar to what a female would so like what would be a, a toy that's suitable for a person like that yeah so i think what is suitable is there's things they're butt plugs as well butt plugs. and those is that, are is that the official name doesn't sound very official it doesn't sound very official but yeah there's like a hands-free butt plug so there's all sorts of different things that you can go with but if you're looking for something that vibrates um it um the prostate is somewhere that's sensitive and so you can yeah. still experience some sexual pleasure from that and so it's great for anything anal play and if you were feeling dysphoric about you know your body there's also things like um like you can attach a harness sorry i'm blanked on the word you can attach <laughs> okay. a harness um you can do those kind of plays as okay. well is okay. what i would say but you know I'm trying to visualize that i don't really know what that person means. and what their pleasure is and if they're partnered or not um yeah. right what's great about the products i'm showing you so there's a lot of i think there's there's a lot of sex toy companies that come with very realistic shape right right um but what i am interested in is something that's inclusive and so when a product's shape is not necessarily that is gendered or yeah. like it you know right. resembling genitalia it doesn't either bring up traumas for other people it doesn't um uh exclude others who are transitioning or who don't identify right. with that no, that's so, a good point yeah yeah so those are you know there's a lot of these beautiful products that really cater to people. And so when we say external internal, that's why we're not trying to be exclusive, like um, with the language that it's just clitoral or G-spot. Cause like so many people have different, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's also a very important conversation to be had in the, you know, sex toy industry. Exactly. Cause it's easy to get trapped into kind of a binary way of even a, a, approaching sure. this topic. Okay, yeah. like are you the male yeah. or female, you know? And when I say that, you know, pleasure is for all, it's it is for all. And and the products I'm showing is is really I know that a lot of them are 
vibrators right now, but um, there's a lot of different toys out there that people should never feel ashamed to explore their sexuality with, you know? Exactly. But are there some toys that maybe are not necessarily dangerous, but maybe not so healthy to explore with, depending on your body shape, or I don't know if age is a factor, or, um, you know, just your lifestyle. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like, are there things that are kind of like red flags to when people are kind of considering their- You want to make sure that the products are, you know, medically tested, medical grade, silicone, you know, want to make sure that nothing's nothing unhealthy is either going in or out of your body. Yeah. Um, so that's one big thing. Um, I don't necessarily know about stuff that's not, you know, each time you get a new toy, it's always recommended to read the full, you know, instructions and to make sure that your body is something that can handle it. A lot of times they tell you like what, a, if a toy is great for, for, um, beginners or for more like advanced people who are into certain um, role play, etc. So okay. those are th categories to be aware of for sure. But you you have to build up. It's kind of like weight training where you don't start yeah. with heavier weight. You kind of right, right. I mean, you're welcome to start off with something that you think you've wanted for a while and you're ready for it. Um, but you want to be in a safe space that it's yeah. not, you know. You want to try it out on your own. I would recommend trying it out on your own first before um, maybe including it. Well, you know, it's it's up to each person. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. So you introduced the a couple of uh, different fibers. Yeah. Is there something else you wanted to share? Yeah, I do actually. Um, so this one is a little bit of a different type of. It, it uh, looks like a little mini camera or something. Right, right. It's really <laughs> cute. It's really small. It's like fits in the uh, in the palm of my my hand. Um, this one specifically is called a puff, but um, there's a lot of these uh, vibrators that are popular out there. So when you mentioned earlier about sex toys have changed and improved since. Yeah. Since, since the last time I it, it definitely so this is definitely I feel like something that's newer it's a it's called a suction vibrator suction okay yeah so it's a waterproof chargeable um with a USB charger uh vibrator that it 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 it's I don't even know how to explain it like anatomically uh I don't even it, know how that works that like goes in and so that's how it moves wait so so there's like that little opening or this. Like yeah. So there's air yeah. that's coming out of this, but oh. like it, it's suctioning it from this little, little hole right here. Okay. Yeah. So if I turn it on, I don't know if you can hear it, but there's. Sounds like bubbling. Yeah. So if I put my finger on this, it's like sucking on it. Oh, yeah. Like a mini vacuum? I mean, no, not yeah. vacuum, but kind of a reverse. Kind of, yeah, like a reverse. So this has been gotten really popular around, I feel like, the sex toy industry. There's also ones that have that also suction, but has like a little tongue that moves. Wow. And those are more like advanced. Okay. Um, so so that's meant for the female genitalia, right? I mean, is that specific yeah. for the yeah. area? Or? I would say, yeah probably more for vaginas um but 
again. And, and so and that's a very interesting kind of different way of approaching um, the, the, I guess, the ecstatic um, feeling. So by suctioning, that's mm -hmm. supposed to be kind of a form of a, a instead of something vibration. That, mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah. Okay. And in this one, yeah, it's definitely, this one's probably my favorite one if I'm talking from my personal experience, because it's not too, it feels like it's an, it's a um, external vibrator, but it still feels like it's like internal in a lot of ways. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to describe <laughs> um, feelings. But that's, that's the thing about the female body, right? So you can't quite grasp Exactly. There's something so multi-textural about it yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> so I would also recommend if people ever wanted to test out sex toys, um, especially uh, vibrators and you're looking for, apparently the tip of your nose uh -huh. has like the same like amount of bone or like some sort of structure as the clitoris. And oh. so if you ever wanted to see how much something vibrates or if you think it's because sometimes vibrators can be too intense or right. sometimes, yeah. you know, yeah. it depends on each person's body. Some people are more sensitive. Some people aren't, aren't yeah. some, you know, it really, really depends. So if you ever wanted to like test something out, doing it on the tip of your nose is always a great. But tip. I don't feel much. I mean, the, the, the sensitivity of clitoris is right. It's not the same. It's definitely not the same, but you can see how much it moves. Oh, I see. Okay. You can get a little bit of a sense like, oh, this is too intense for, for me if I think about it or, oh, this is perfect. So that's another fun little okay. tip. But yeah, each, each, um, if we're talking about vaginas, each of them are so different and each person has very different, um, pleasures and preferences and so you know it's it's hard to know without trying all these things out but yeah no this is really fascinating I yeah. think we need to take one let's take a quick break we'll come back and do you have like a one or two more that you wanted to share yeah, yeah. okay let's uh, give people a chance to get some fresh air yeah for sure <laughs> come back and open your minds to exploring more sex toys uh with koharu here where we are exploring actually and celebrating how um sexual wellness and healing is connected to you know accessories that we may not know about and 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 again going back to understanding our bodies and why it's important to to um know how to pleasure it and to empower ourselves to appreciate our bodies okay so don't go away welcome back KTOH listeners, I'm here with Koharu talking about um, sex toys and why it's important to understand and, you know, appreciate uh, sexual pleasure with our bodies and how that connects to sexual wellness and healing. So Koharu, in our last section, we were talking about um, various sex toys that you had just introduced. And um, this is all fascinating to me because I feel like I'm so like, you know, unknowledgeable about any of these products so the last one you talked about was quite interesting you said it was called the suction and it and it just didn't look like a sex toy for me my pre my understandings of sex toys were all these obvious phallic symbols you know or or maybe ways that are just internal external but you're saying that it's really kind of um embracing the complexity of the woman's body is that some things are just not that clear-cut and it's interesting that people are are, are inventing these new ways of, of deriving pleasure, which I think is really fascinating. So you said you have some other types of um, toys you wanted to share with us today? Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, touching on that subject of, you know, sh- the the assumption sex toys come in like more phallic shapes, etc. Um, you know, there are definitely certain sex toys that are that and some people do prefer that. But me personally, I think I found power in sex toys also just being beautiful colors and these beautiful yeah. shapes that don't resemble something that might re-trigger something. So that's always uh, another way of learning about your body. And it's like not a, a sexualized, but well, like it is sexual, but like not in a way that feels wrong, you know, that like we have internalized so much with yeah. that stigma and the shame. And it's so like going through, um, you know, when you go in the airport and you go through the scans and you don't want to be caught with that big dildo. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, there's also always great travel sized stuff that I can yeah. always do as well. Okay. But yeah. Um, so if I were to, um, if we're going back into interesting shapes, yeah. uh, toys, this is um, basically like an egg shaped bean. It's, I mean, the product itself is called a bean, but it is a um, kind of targeted and broad pleasure. So it is mostly for external use. And this one actually doesn't charge, but it comes with two AAA batteries. And it AAA? has you put a triple A in there. How do you? Yeah, it it kind of twists. Oh, it kind okay. of looks like a perfume bottle or something. Yeah. Gosh, where are there. these things made? By the way, don't say China. I probably not. These are the company is the, that I'm showing you is based in New York, and they it seems like they have a the warehouse. Um, in New York, I should probably look more into this, but they definitely proud them, pride themselves in being really safe toys and medical grade silicone all the time. So, um, yeah, this is completely waterproof and it's palm sized and And it's great for beginners and also anyone who's interested in, you know, trying out toys, but like, doesn't want to really go into certain shapes, don't know what they're interested in. So these are really great for- um, Is there any particular area of it that you use or it doesn't matter because it's all round? It really doesn't matter. You you kind of, the fact that it's so broad is like how it gives you a chance to explore what you prefer. So you can hold it, you know, like a palm, like kind of like down like this, uh-huh. or you can do it this way. Um, it really, it really is up to each person. The button of the vibration is right here. So you can just kind of change that up depending. So does the vibration um, speed kind of like, is there kind of a rhythm to it that kind of increases or do you control Uh as you want? Yeah, I can actually show you that a great example for, so, I mean, this one I can, I don't know if it'll. I don't hear anything. Yeah, it's a pretty quiet one, good. It's pretty quiet. Yeah. <laughs> so this one's kind of, yeah, I don't really hear anything. Do you feel like what's the mo- It's a pretty subtle intensity then. It's pretty subtle. So there's like the first three buttons uh-huh. um, are. Um, so this one might be more. Yeah, I can hear it. Yeah. So this is like the first level. So then I can press the button again and it's like a second stronger level, a third stronger level. And then it comes into these like different motion. This one's like, duh, 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 duh. 
So different tempos. This one's so this one has 10, 10 different ones. And it sometimes and sometimes it starts from a lower vibration and goes like really intense um powers. Right. So it really depends again on each person's preference, but the fact that you have all these different varieties, that's how you really get to know your body and what what it means to you know, feel pleasure and not, you know, shame around that in a lot of ways. Exactly. I mean, I just want to reiterate that. What does it mean to feel pleasure? And why is it important for us to be even discussing this right now? Because, you know, oftentimes, I mean, as, 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 as open as our Western kind of ways of embracing our bodies are, why is it still that we feel that the idea of a woman's pleasure is still something that, shouldn't be encouraged, right? Or the other level of it is kind of interpreting that um, self-pleasure as being more on the other end of the scale, as you had said earlier about kind of associations with being promiscuous and being kind of like, you know, your, your, your values and your sense of morals are, are twisted because you're engaging in something that's not natural. You know, there are gonna be people who judge um, us because of the ways we choose to celebrate our bodies right right definitely yeah it's it's a uh, you know if if anyone's tuning in at this point right now it, it might just seem like oh like what what is this person like why does this person have so many different toys and talking about these things but it really is about healing I feel I see them honestly as as a it's like owning a hairbrush in a lot of ways for me now at this point it's like a self-care item in a lot of ways it's it's yeah absolutely care of yourself and there's no shame in that absolutely none um before um what was I gonna say oh I actually wanted to show you before we moved on to the next topic yeah um, one cute um I forgot to mention uh, that's crazy. Last, I, I hope you can place. take a look at this one that you're showing up right now. And please check out our Facebook page when I post this interview because this is crazy. All right, Kohara, what it's the very heck? Very pretty. It's yeah. very pretty. So I'm just reinforcing that you don't have to look for anything that you don't like. Like there's all these different beautiful toys. There's artists that make these things, you know. And so there's no shame and and getting cute stuff. And so mine yeah. is a, a glass. Um, you know, you could call it a glass dildo uh, um, with kind of like a be beaded texture and, uh -huh. and um, it can be used. The thing that's great about glass products is that it can be used for temperature play. So you can put it in the fridge or a freezer oh. and use it either externally or internally. This one doesn't, you know, vibrate, but um, or you can also heat it up. You can boil it and then oh. see if that's what you prefer. And some people do. And yeah. so that's, that's, um, it's great for either internal stimulation or external massages. Um, and it's, it's also another way to figure out what you like. And I just, I got it cause I thought it was adorable. Yeah, no, it's very, very pretty. Yeah. But I'm thinking, it makes me think about how this can really contribute to, um, a communication between partners if you're going to Absolutely. use like that right 
yeah. and you can have fun with it and you can talk about it and you can use that as a, as a form of expression and exploration where oftentimes you get kind of too comfortable in your routines that yeah. there are things that kind of zest things up and bring you yeah, closer. No matter what, yeah, no matter what your sexuality is, who your partner is, like it, it, there's always, so, there's so many pluses in having sex toys and play. Um, you get to explore each other's bodies as well. And so there's all sorts, also a whole other category of partner play toys, mm. you know, whether it's harnesses um, for things that are called pegging or whether it's um, vibrators that the other partner can, can control. There's so many different ways that you can also explore your relationship with that partner and your trust and, and how you can grow together whether it's one partner or multiple, like it's, um, yeah, a really great way to get to know each other as well and build trust. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so just kind of, you know, wrapping up, we've, we've, we've gone through a, quite a bit of a journey in this short hour, you know, going from your own personal experiences of kind of the, um, you know, sexual assault and, and, and coming to terms with your body and how to overcome these traumatic experiences and and owning up to um finding pleasure in your body and and you know um flipping that lens if you will um with the, the very important transformation of self-love and 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 healing and then now embracing and celebrating with these kind of toy options out there that people can consider to increase their um love with their bodies uh, i just wanted you to maybe share how you feel people should take away this concept of self-love and how do we why is it so important for us to learn about our bodies i think it's so important to learn about our bodies because through through sexual pleasure because we i feel like societally we are constantly be told being told to be shameful uh to be ashamed or to it's just so stigmatized like what we mentioned earlier and it's it's powerful it's revolutionary when someone knows what they want what is pleasurable for them you know I think that's revolutionary and that is how you start these dialogues also about instead of people if people experience any sort of trauma instead of feeling like you have to hold it in you can finally, you know, sometimes feel the power to talk about it. And um, that's ha what happened to me is that I finally found the strength after, you know, taking care of myself and forgiving myself and learning about myself um, after the trauma to be able to have these dialogues and, and hope that we have better conversations around consent we have better conversations around sexual education. I mean, there's so many layers to it, whether it's birth control, whether it's abortions, whether it's, you know, from an earlier age, hopefully, you know, I'm not saying from an early age, kids need to explore what sex toys are, not at all. But I'm saying that to be able to be have open conversations about these things with your kids, with your friends, with, you know, is incredibly important in a cultural reset of, you know, cultural reset of stigmatization. Yeah. Of it's funny because last night over dinner with my kids, I had brought that up 
because my older son had a friend over and we're, I was just saying how we don't, sex education hasn't really changed over the years. And he, they were remembering, he was remembering how, yeah, all they did was um, teach about abstinence. And that's what we talked right. about in our class too. It's that right. so many people did not learn a thing in sex ed um, and that the no was the ultimate way of, of dealing with sexuality, which is ridiculous. And exactly. that- the assumption that talking about something like this is going to encourage something that's not healthy or not natural is also ridiculous. And I think that um, we here have that platform to kind of acknowledge the importance of understanding and embracing our bodies is a very, really important space. So I appreciate your sharing all of that. Um, if people wanted to kind of learn more about um, I guess the things that you have discussed today, is there, is there a website or is there, is there some way some people can contact you for more? Yeah. Um, people are free to contact me. I know these conversations are really hard to have, but I'm always available to talk about things. Like if you need advice, if you want to look more into sex toys, I have all, all sorts of resources. So people are welcome to contact me at my email, um, Oh, or on my Instagram, um, my email is pokoharu, P-O-K-O-H-A-R-U at gmail.com. And my Instagram is slotharu, it's S-L-O-T-H-A-R-U. Um, just because I love sloths. That's just the <laughs> Um And yeah, I just kind of want to end in a, on a note that, yeah, the more you learned about your own own boundaries, your own pleasure the more you will be able to communicate that to others, the more healing will happen. And so I hope no one ever feels shame for that. Um, these are also always fun little gifts to get to pe get for people, your partner, anyone. Um, and yeah, I just hope people feel free to explore this and no, no, no shame at all. You know? No shame. I yeah. love it. Gaharu, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to talk to you and learn about all these things and to come back to our bodies and why this is all so important. Um, so I hope people do appreciate their bodies today and embrace everything around them. And for people who do feel that this was a sensitive issue, um, I hope you take this to your capacity and understand that this is something that we're not trying to um, impose on anyone. This is uh, uh, free of opinions and this is something that is out there and that we are engaging in a healthy dialogue about our bodies and what pleasure and healing, how they work together. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for giving me this chance to share all this. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to do like a part two for the other things that you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll do that next time. Thanks, Kaharu. Thank you.